You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston, back in Launceston. Last week he was away, but he's back here with us, and he will be continuing his series, Reflecting Jesus. Welcome, David. Mm, Thanks, Jason. Good to be here today. Good to be back in Tasmania. Yes, it is. Awesome. So, uh, David, you've been sharing stories each week. Uh, We love your stories, and... uh, I'm intrigued as to what you're going to be sharing today. Yeah, thanks, Jason. So I, I talked about uh, a week, a week or so ago. I talked about being called into ministry, and I've mentioned that in the past as well. What I wanted to share today was a blessing that led up to that. And sometimes we, and I've said this before as well, sometimes we don't see the blessings as blessings. Sometimes mm. we, well, we don't really know what they are and, and they just don't seem like blessings. So what happened to me was um, just as uh, I'd been in a particular team in this corporate company and I, I'd been trying to get out of this team for some time. Uh, they didn't appreciate me. I, I didn't feel they appreciated me. I'm sure they did, but I didn't feel that. And so I, I was looking to move sideways in the company to another team. And and as I uh, was leading up to this call, so it was about a, yeah, maybe a year, two years before the call, I, I finally had the opportunity to move in this other team. So I moved into the team. Um, and really, really enjoyed it. It was a team that worked with uh, asset management, software asset management, you know, doing uh, Microsoft audits and things like that on software and licensing. Mm. And I really did enjoy this team, and and they did appreciate me, and they wanted me to move um, into their management team, and I, I felt respected and I felt appreciated. And and so it was really good. But But in the midst of all of this, before that... I'd had the call to ministry. So it was really strange to me that I had the call to ministry. I had started studying uh, remotely through distance education, and and yet then I had this move into the team that made work so much more pleasurable. And I, and I remember asking myself, why has God done this now? Why, why didn't he allow me to move years ago mm. when I was struggling with this job? And, and, you know, I look back now and I can see that it was because God wanted me to get to that point where I would accept the call easily. And mm. I wouldn't have that challenge, you know, oh, no, I really enjoy my work. I don't want to move. Um, so it was, it, was that, it was an easier decision. But what I found was fascinating was... <clears throat> Uh, as as this uh, as I worked for this company, as I worked for this team, uh, they allowed me to work remotely from home a number of days of the week. And so, when I got to the point where I needed to leave and go to college, and say uh, I had to, you know, had this discussion with my manager, and I said, "Look, I, I I'm going to go and do this full time." You know, I've been studying. You you knew that when I started. Mm. He, I remember him saying to me. Don't go, don't go. We want you to move into our management team. Why Why do you want to go and do that for? And I said, because, as you know, it's what I've been studying. It's, it's what God's calling me to do. 
And I remember saying to him, but I've got to go to college and I've got to work. I said, so if you're happy for me to move across the country, um, move to a remote location where there's no office, work full, like the whole time at home, and cut back and do only 20 hours a week instead of 40 hours a week, I'd be happy to keep working for you. Mm. Now, now that was a lot of demands. And, mm. you know, workers don't usually give their bosses demands like that. <laughs> and, and, and I was just being honest. And, and I figured, you know, look, God wants me to go and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And I remember he put his hand on my arm because he had come over um, in Perth to see me from Melbourne. He put his hand on my arm and he said, David, we'll do whatever it takes to keep you in our team. Mm. And and I knew that was only a blessing from God. You know, God was leading this whole way. The amazing thing was we get to college and we start working. We start doing this. I'm working remotely. I'm doing part-time work, full-time college study. Six months in, he calls me down to Melbourne and he says, um, we, we've we've got bosses coming from um, from Canada. We need to have a meeting. We have this meeting, and they retrench five hundred people from Australia. Mm. Five hundred people. Two things never would have happened if I hadn't moved into that team. I would never have been able to work remotely. I, I was able to work that whole year. I was paid a redundancy, which paid for the following year at college. Mm. Um, and, and it wasn't until the year after that where I had to work my way through. But it was just God's blessing every step of the way, being in the right team at the right time. If I had been in the previous team, uh, they would have just said, see ya, <laughs> thanks for your time. But this team allowed me to stay, and that was God's blessing at going ahead of us. So looking back, you can see the blessing, but at the time, at the time, it doesn't look like a blessing. Mm. And uh, and that's what I wanted to share today, specifically that when, when you're going through those times of challenges, when you're going through those things that don't look like a blessing, you can't see the blessing in it, just hang on, just hang on and, uh, and continue allowing God to lead because as he continues to lead, you'll look back and you'll see, even if it was a hard time, you'll see why that was necessary if you hang on. Mm. It's amazing how God leads, um, even when we're not aware of it. Yeah, yeah. David, before we get into our program, I want to remind our listeners, we've got an event coming up in Tasmania this weekend. It's called Improving Immune Function Through Food, and the event bookings for this are almost full, so there's not many tickets left. We would encourage you, if you're listening in Tasmania, uh, to get your tickets booked immediately uh, because we're nearly full up. This event is by Dr. Sue Rad. She's coming down to Tasmania and she's an advanced accredited practicing dietitian. She's an expert in her food, in her field. She's a researcher, a presenter and an author. Her recent book Food as Medicine: Cooking for Your Best Health received the Gourmand World Cookbook Award for the best health and nutrition book in the world. She'll be here on Friday evening in Hobart and uh, in Launceston on Sunday afternoon and in Devonport on Monday evening at 6pm. So if you would like to attend that, if you're listening today and you haven't booked a ticket, text IMMUNE22, 
I-double-M-U-N-E-2-2. Text that to our show number at Tassie Encounters here, 0488-880-891. You can, when, when you text that number, we'll send you back uh, the details and the links to book for those events. So last opportunity, really, to get a seat at one of those events. Now, that's sort of related to what you're going to be talking about today, David. Yeah, very interesting, isn't it? I, I really love the way all this uh, happens at once. Mm. I can see God's leading in it. Yesterday yes. we had uh, Daniel Matteo talking about the Bible as medicine, so he, <laughs> he uh, hinted on some of these things as well. Yeah, real health focus this week. Yeah. Just, so look, just how it happened wasn't planned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, we, hadn't, we hadn't planned it. We planned some things, but we mm. don't always plan these. Mm. So look, last week we looked at uh, victory over sin in our lives. Now, although sin is debilitating spiritually, mentally, and sometimes even physically as it affects us more deeply, because what happens in our mind sometimes or often has an effect on our physicality and vice versa. Mm. We know that there's nothing more pressing for our overall well-being than our health. You know, we, in previous weeks, we've had coughs and we've had chest infections and we've had all that stuff going on, haven't we, Jason? Mm. And you've, you've had the COVID, you've gotten over that, fantastic. Yep. So it, it does affect our overall well-being. So today I want to actually continue this series on Reflecting Jesus by looking at a topic, A Better Life Now. And next week we'll look at A Better Life Forever. So uh, that's just give you a heads up for that one. But we want to see uh, what kind of God life, what kind of life God wants for us here on this earth and how we can show this to others as well. But before the break, I'd like to ask a listener question for today. Have you witnessed or experienced a huge change either in your own life or in someone else's primarily to do with diet? Have, have you witnessed this, a transformational change in somebody, either yourself or someone else? Mm. Um, if we've got time, I might even share one for me. Yeah, we'll aside time. from that. Yeah. yeah, all right, all right. We've got a, a minute. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess the healthiest time in my life was when I did a program called Fit for Life. Mm. It was by a guy by the name of Bill Phillips. You can look the book up and, and, and read it yourself. Uh, before we did that, I did something called the 10-Day Cleansing Diet with uh, Leslie Kenton. And I remember doing that first, then doing the Fit for Life program and really bulking up and being fit and healthy. I loved that. But the, the, the cleansing diet was fascinating because... On the first day, you think you're going to die, you know, because you're cutting out everything except for one kind of fruit. And you have one kind of fruit all day. And I can remember saying, I love apples. I'm going to have apples. You know, it's really hard to eat apples all day long. <laughs> <laughs> the next time we did it, I did watermelons. Right. Nevertheless, it was, it was a really great time. And so making those changes in your life can be fascinating. And it does change how you feel. You know, after a few days, started to feel alive and regenerated and invigorated. So that was, that was my change. That's awesome. Um, we're going to go to a break now, but we'd love to hear from you. Text in if you've experienced or you've seen somebody experience a major change in their life as a result of a diet. 0488880891 is our show number. Right now, this is The Perfect Wisdom of Our God by Keith and Kristen Giddy.
perfect wisdom of our God, reveal in all the universe, all things created by His hand and held together at His command. He knows the mysteries of the seas, the secrets of the stars are His. He guides the planets on their way and turns the earth through another day. Wisdom of his ways that mark the path of righteousness. His word a lamp unto my feet, his spirit teaching and guiding me. Listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM. And this morning we're talking with David Maxwell. And the title of today's program is A Better Life Now. Now, before the break, we asked you a question. Have you witnessed or experienced a major life change, either in your own life or someone else's, primarily from a change in diet? And David from Western Australia has texted in. He said that for him, changing to a plant-based diet, a vegan diet, uh, three years ago, uh, because he had uh, di- type 2 diabetes in the family, like his dad's side of the family had type 2 diabetes. So 
Um, that was a choice he made to go vegan. And uh, I'm assuming, David, uh, that it's worked out well for you. You didn't you didn't really indicate that in your uh, message, but we can assume that. If I've got that wrong, please let us know. So, David, um, we need to get into this topic, and uh, I guess we need to unpack it a little bit. What do you mean by a better life now? Yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks, Jason. Look, uh, as I as I look through this topic of better life now, I'd like to see what the Bible says about living the optimal life that God wants for us. But first, we'll pray, and then we're going to read the verse that we'll start with, all the verses that we'll start with today, and uh, then we'll start to unpack it. So, let me pray for our listeners. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we can open your Word today. We can look at this uh, interesting topic in the Bible about diet about health and what you want for us please speak to us from your word in jesus name amen amen so jason new king james today i wonder if you could read uh, luke 9 1 to 6 let's see what the bible has to say for us yeah it says then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases he sent them to preach the kingdom of god and to heal the sick And he said to them, Take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Yeah, thanks very much, Jason. I appreciate it. What what does God want for us? What kind of life does God want to, for us? And as we read through these verses, we see that he wanted to come and he wanted to heal and he wanted to take care of people. And so he asked his disciples to go and do that. Well, we're going to unpack that today. Um, my first illustration is I want to uh, explain what I... Uh, what I what I saw once through a man that I met, uh, I once knew this guy who had to have a quadruple bypass in his late fifties. Now that was fairly early for most people to have a quadruple bypass, but unfortunately, we're seeing that more and more today. Mm. After this successful operation, the doctor said he was going to need uh, to cut out a lot of the fatty things in his life. He was going to have to cut out chocolate. He was going to have to cut out cheese and a lot of the other fats. And I remember him remarking, well, you might as well kill me now as you're taking all the good things out of my life (laughs) for me. (laughs) You know, and rather than taking the advice of the doctor and doing those things, he decided to just, well, he cut some things out, but he just basically kept eating his chocolate and his cheese. And I remember he would eat around about a block of family size block of chocolate once a week and about half a block of cheese you know about half a kilo of cheese most weeks he would get through that sort of stuff so in anybody's book that's a lot of fat it's mm. a lot of fat but Sat- many is saturated fat as well which is known to be not all that good not for so you. good mm. yeah yeah that's right but many years later in his 70s so he had the quadruple bar- bypass and in his 70s uh, he went for a health review and he had a, a regular doctor as as many people do and at that particular review the doctor said oh look i don't know what you're doing but keep doing it whatever it is um you, you you're looking good at the moment 
Now, he didn't really expand on that for this man. So the man goes home and he tells his wife what the doctor said. The doctor said, I can keep eating all the chocolate and cheese that I want because that's what he said. He says, I'm in good shape. Now, that's not exactly what the doctor said, Mm. but that's the way he explained it. He says, well, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and I've been eating chocolate and cheese and living the way I want, so I'm just going to keep doing that. So... So this this wasn't really good because not long later, it was some years later, probably about another five to ten years later, that same doctor said he was going to need a second bypass. So clearly, clearly, it wasn't what the doctor said. Mm. So often, often with many things in life, you know, we're our own worst enemy, and that was the same for this man. Um, we know what we should do, but often we don't want to make the changes that are required and sometimes Mm. that's what brings the suffering on ourselves not always Mm. but sometimes so what i want to look at in this first section is what kind of life god wants for us so when we look in genesis now i'm going to flick to a few different verses in this section and in genesis right in the very beginning before sin the Bible outlines for us how man and women were created, um, some of what they were like physically, mentally, and spiritually. And so in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28 and verse 31, let me read it. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And he blessed them. He said to be fruitful and multiply, have dominion, and all those other things. And then in verse 31, it says, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. You know, there's much that we know about God from from these passages in the Bible and other passages as well. We know that you know, they created in God's image. So if they're created in God's image, what does God's image look like? Or, or what is it like? In Exodus 33 and 34, we see as Moses wants to see God the Father, he says, you can't, I'm so holy, you see me, you'll be destroyed because you're sinful. So we know that that sinful humans can't look at God's face without God the Father's face without being consumed. Mm. Um, and so that's one thing that we know about God. He is so holy. Though we don't know what the Father looks like, we can know what the Son looks like. Um, Jesus said to Philip, He who has seen me has seen the Father. So there must be some resemblance there, um, not just the way he is like, like we can look at Jesus' character, I know that's clearly what it's talking about, but there must be some resemblance as well. And it might be difficult for us to understand, but the Bible says many things about God uh, that we can understand. So mankind saw Jesus, and Jesus said that if we've seen him, we've seen the Father. So there must there must be some likeness. I'm not saying they're identical, but there must be some likeness. Jesus was also seen after his resurrection, and he was in a human recognizable form. Mm. In First John three two, the Bible says, "Now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we but we know that." When he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So if we've seen Jesus in his resurrected form, when we see him come again, 
we'll recognize him and we're going to be transformed into that um, into that form uh, as it says in Philippians 3.21 it says that our lowly bodies will be transformed and to be conformed to his glorious body so we're going to become like him mm. like that so there's some imagery that we can place around um, God because we've seen Jesus and we can see what God wants us to be like so it, appear that, it appears that when Jesus returns we're going to be remade if you like into his image again, once more to be like him in appearance. However, in our sinful bodies, we're only a shadow of what God planned for us to be. But in God's likeness, not likeness means more than just physicality. You know, we, we, he, wants, um, he wants us to be like him physically, emotionally, spiritually. And, and God's likeness uh, entails all of those things. So as I've already said, God is perfect and holy. The Bible also says where it's talking about emotional um, character, spirituality, it says things like God is immortal, eternally visible, wise, love, loving, gracious, compassionate, joyful, peaceful, kind, faithful, gentle, merciful, long-suffering, aboundless in goodness and truth, and he's just, as in he, he uh, loves justice, that kind of just. And we've looked at all of these things in previous presentations. So if we were perfectly made in God's image, then man and woman were created not just to look like God, but to be like him. And as we've just read in Genesis, after he created man and woman, it was the first time he actually said, and he saw it was very good. Mm. Not all the other parts he says it's good, but when he makes man and woman, he says, ah, now it's very good. You know, and that, and that really says a lot to me. You know, he's made man perfectly in his likeness and character. You know, and after sin, we become damaged goods, if you like, and then we start to go on a, a downhill slide very, very quickly after that. And the way I see that is a bit like <clears throat> when oh, do you remember when when you buy something with batteries? Yes. Right. And it's, Do you get, it's even more disappointing when you buy something and you realise it doesn't come with batteries. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Batteries not included. That's yeah. right. But but when you buy something with batteries, does it have ever ready plus batteries in there? Mm, or Duracell, no. or normally the the uh, sort of branded manufacturer's brand or something. Yep, it's some cheap yeah. brand that doesn't last very long, and you've mm. got to replace them. They they wear out quickly. They discharge quickly. So you can get EverReady or Duracells or you know those those better brands, mm. and and they're better, but they still discharge. They still run out. Mm. Or when you you can remember when uh, rechargeable batteries came in. And you could buy that recharger, mm. you could use them up and you put them in there, use them up, put them in there, use them up. And, and it just went over and over and over. You'd have 50 to 100 times better lifespan mm. um, out of these batteries, not the original ones, but nowadays you can mm. have this. And and I think that's that's a lot like, uh, like us. Uh, do you see how, you know, before sin, we had a long lifespan, mm. but after sin, our batteries discharge, don't they? Mm. It uh, yes, sin has its consequence, and uh, life runs out. The batteries of life runs out. Mm, yeah. mm. God gave us life, but eventually it expires. It you know, it runs out. Yeah, and, and that's what God said about don't sin, don't don't step away from life. Otherwise, mm. yeah, it's not going to last very long. 
But of course, there is something better that we will be talking about more next week, I guess. Um, but right now, um, I will just uh, confirm that David has texted back in to say, yes, his diet has been going very well. So thanks, David, for confirming that. If you've witnessed or experienced a huge life change uh, through diet particularly, and uh, it's been a positive change, share, share that with us. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero. 891. This is Take My Life by Jaden Levick. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow and cease this praise. Take my hand and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing Always only for my King And take my lips and let them be Filled with messages from me Take my silver and my gold not a my would I withhold Take my intellect and use Every power thou shalt choose And I give
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're talking with David Maxwell on his series, Reflecting Jesus. And we've been talking about the topic of a better life. Now, David, before the break, we talked about the fact that we run out of batteries in this life, <laughs> and uh, ultimately that's because of sin. Mm. Um, but we also alluded to the fact that uh, we're going to go beyond that or talk about something that goes beyond that. And do you want to just explain what you mean by that? Yeah, thanks very much, Jason. Yeah, so look, we, we need to have built this relationship with God in this life, and we're going to talk more about that next week. But I just wanted to mention that because it is important that, that we look beyond the here and now. Mm. Uh, the here and now is important, but there is something that comes after, and, and we have to have built that relationship with God if we want that here and um, now to extend beyond the here and now. Mm. So many people have asked the question, you know, does it really matter how we live then? You know, if God's going to give us a new body and we're going to be renewed and, you know, have our batteries recharged, if you like, mm. does it really matter? Does it, you know, it, it, why does it matter? I, I knew someone once who loved um, a certain type of chocolate and uh, she used to eat a lot of it. And we used to say, a few of us used to say to her, you need to eat less of that. You know, it's so unhealthy for you. And she says, you know what? There's not going to be any of this in heaven, so I'm going to eat it now. Mm. <laughs> and, and I know, you know, people are a bit like that. But I want to pose a question to you. How long do you consider a new car new? That's a good question. And perhaps until that new car gas, that smell that you get, you know, when you get a new car, it lasts for a few months and then it's gone. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, it might be a year, it might be two years, it might be three years. Depends on how you look after it, doesn't mm, it? True, that's you know, true. Mm. During that time, that one, two, three years, however you consider it new before, you know, maybe it's over 100,000 kilometres and it's, oh, it's not really new anymore. Um, how do you treat the car? Do you wash it? service it, fix up the minor uh, issues, make sure you use the factory oils in it, lubricants, mm. and look after it really well. Is that how you treat a new car? Mm, for sure. Yeah, well, well, why do you do that? Because you want it to last longer. Right. You want it to last long. You wouldn't take a petrol car and put diesel in it because mm. you're going to blow it up the engine. You're going to wreck it. Mm. You know, if you don't look after it well, it won't run as well as it should, and you won't have it as long as you should or you'll be replacing it sooner than you intended. Now, the same is true for our bodies. None of us escape death. Yeah, I know that. But God wants us to have a quality of life while we're here. He wants, he wants us to do this, and he's told us in the Bible how to get the most out of our lives. You know, He's given us a workshop manual, if you like, mm. to keep these inverted commas vehicles, these bodies of ours, in tip-top shape. So what's the best that we can do for uh, ourselves in this life. Well, first and foremost is the fuel that we put into our bodies, as as David has discovered from Western Australia there. When God created mankind, he actually gave us the diet that was best for us. So this is in Genesis 1 and verse 29. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed which is on face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields a seed to you it shall be for food so god gives the vegan diet as the optimal plan for mankind right from the beginning of creation mm. however it didn't stay like this it didn't stay like this because things changed for mankind. After the flood, everything was destroyed. And so it would have been quite a period of time when things were regenerating. And if they had have just eaten 
you know what they could get a hold of in the in the the, the, the fruits and the vegetables they they would have they would have been very poor off health wise until they were able to get more of that so while things were being regenerated god gave them um an option a substitutionary diet so he permitted them to eat meats after the flood however in the later texts um it's very clear and from some of the previous ones the earlier ones uh, that are mentioned before the flood it's clear that god differentiates between the things that are fit to eat from the meat um, and the animal flesh and those that were not and generally, now I'm just going to speak really generally, you can go to Leviticus 11 and read it yourself, but uh, generally it's the scavengers are the ones that God says, look, don't eat that stuff, it's mm. not good for you. Do you know what I find amazing, David, <clears throat> is that God planned ahead of time and on the ark, you know, we had two uh, of, you know, male and female um, of many of the animals, but mm. we had seven not just two, had seven, is that right, of, of the other type of animals which seven were the pairs. ones that, that they were allowed to eat after after the flood. So God was almost sort of pre- preparing ahead of time, wasn't he? That's right, because if they had have eaten the, the, any of the animals that were only two, they, they would have become extinct. Because mm. you know, even if they just one of them, they can't reproduce. That's right, yeah. So yes, he did. So these these animals that they could eat were de- were described as clean, and the ones they couldn't were described as unclean. Um, and and they're first referred to before the flood. Go to Genesis chapter um, seven. Uh, you can go to earlier ones where 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 God tells them to come into the ark. And just as you mentioned, mm. it's mentioned the clean ones. There are seven pairs, and the unclean there are one pair, like two animals. Mm. Many centuries later, as Moses is told to write down God's instructions on a wide variety of things so that it can be accurately recorded, recorded and diligently practiced, um, the things that they can and can't eat, um, we have a record of it. You can read it in Leviticus 11. But remember, they understood before the flood, as I mentioned, the clean and unclean. Um, and theirs was an oral culture. I don't have time to explain it fully, but the ages that they lived, um, Adam was able to speak personally all the way down to Lamech, Noah's father. And then Lamech was able to speak to his grandsons, Shem, Ham and Japheth, because they were a 100 when they went into the ark. And then Shem lived long enough, and you can see that in Genesis uh, chapter 11, he lived long enough to meet Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Fascinating, fascinating, mm. because of the length of their lives and after the flood decreased very, very rapidly. Mm. But before the flood, they lived for a long time. But this, this is, shouldn't, shouldn't surprise us that they're able to pass this information on orally. Oh, I've mentioned this before as well. But, you know, we have, we have cultures here in the world today. Aboriginal culture has their dreamtime stories mm. that they still recount orally today. Okay, so yes, they're starting to write them down and they're trying to preserve their culture like that. But historically, for, for, for hundreds and thousands of years, they have recounted that orally. And so that's what, that's what the Bible's done as well. So it shouldn't surprise us, which shouldn't surprise us, that, uh, that it was oral and then it was written down. So as Moses writes it down, um, people argue the fact, well, who cares? Was it really that important to them? Well, in the book of Daniel, it shows us how important it was. And the very first chapter of Daniel, 
we have a story recorded where these young men who were taken away from God's people were faithful in their diet. And as they're faithful in their diet, God rewards them. And as they eat this vegan diet from not the rich foods that the king was giving them, but eat a vegan diet, God blesses them and he makes them more knowledgeable. He gives them uh, clearer thinking and he and he helps them to actually uh, excel in that culture. Now that's about all we have time for right now. And I'll come back after the break with a story uh, from Acts where it talks about a more modern application of um, dietary directions, let's call it. Mm. Just before the break, our free book offer for today. We always give you a uh, option to text in to claim this free book offer. It's called Prime Time Living by David White. The so-called golden years are getting more golden. We're living longer, retiring earlier, and wanting more out of these years that hold the promise of dreams fulfilled and new opportunities for growth. The stereotypical image of older people who are feeble and frail and unhealthy, lonely and depressed has got to go. Welcome to Primetime Living in this timely book. Authors David White and Christy Yingling blow away the myths associated with ageing and provide a comprehensive plan for getting more out of life in the areas of finance, health, fitness, spirituality and relationships as you grow older. We'd love to get you a copy of this book. We've got just four to give away. But remember right now the number, if you haven't got it, write it down 488 891 and after the break we'll give you the code to claim this book this is more like you by noema moore
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and this morning we're finishing up our program with David Maxwell on the topic of a better life now. We've had a person text in, Luigi has texted in, he's from Tasmania and uh, it's a great message to share. He says, I was invited to this church through the CHIP program. Now, I think that's the Complete Health Improvement Program. It was life-changing. I found it difficult to give up some foods, but I learned to enjoy plant-based food. I also took up jogging as a physical activity, and he's just turned 66. So mm-hmm. just a short time ago, he um, changed his diet. He took up jogging, and he says he feels better than when I was 30. I believe God gave me the strength to make these changes. Thanks, Luigi, for texting in. Um, I personally know Luigi, and um, he certainly, you know, he, he makes me feel shameful when he <laughs> runs this race up the mountain to the top of Mount Wellington. Uh, it's mm. called the Point to Pinnacle, I think, and uh, he's certainly wow. changed his life through uh, diet and exercise. So. Um, now, before the break, I promised a code to our book, Primetime Living. The code to get that book today is REFLECT number 13, 0488 Text REFLECT number 13, R-E-F-L-E-C-T-1-3. Text that into our show number, 0488 David, before the break, we were talking about these biblical principles of, mm. um, I guess, diet mm. and, and how uh, you know, things changed at the flood, but, um, but those principles were still around for a long time. So do you want to just uh, finish up this program today? And I know you've Definitely. got a lot to say, but uh, we oh. haven't got long to do it. <laughs> we really haven't. We really haven't. So, yes, I was talking about those young men so many, many centuries later mm. um, in, in Babylon, and they, they held fast to God. God's um, dietary principles, and God blessed them for that. And it was very important. And it would seem to suggest that this then goes on and on. Now, a, a really interesting story, if we jump forward to the, um, uh, the first century church. Now, we know this is between, between 31 AD uh, and 64 AD because it's after the time Jesus goes back and it's before Peter's death. In mm. Acts chapter 10, there's this really interesting story. And, and unfortunately, now I don't have time to read it all. But in this story, um, some people have disingenuously used this story to say that God did away with dietary principles and the, when and he the, died on the cross. Yeah, that God was telling Peter to eat unclean foods, which he wasn't at all. So he sees this. Yeah, that's right, Jason. So he sees his vision. In this vision, the sheet comes down and there's clean and unclean, all kinds of animals and creatures in this thing. And and in the dream, the angel says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. He says, no, I've never eaten anything unclean. Second time, same thing. Third time, same thing. Then he wakes up. Uh, Cornelius's uh, um, um, people that that Cornelius the centurion has sent to bring Peter arrive at the house he goes down he goes with them to the house he gets to the house and he's thinking I'm not to go into a Gentile's house that's what this is talking about Gentiles and Jews not clean and unclean food and the reason we know that is because at the end of the story that's exactly what it says in verse 28 he says 
Um, then he said to them, Peter says to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go uh, to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I shall not call any man common or unclean. Mm. And he repeats this as he goes through. And when he tells those in Jerusalem, they said, why did you go into a Gentile's house? He mm. says, no, no. It's God okay. said, mm. it's okay. And mm. so it's not at all talking about food. No. And people are disingenuous if they actually apply that to the idea of food. But what's then really important, if God continues to want our best, if he, he wants the best for us, we must then see it somewhere else in the Bible. And in Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus came, you read the chapter 5 and you see that he says, you have heard it said... But I tell you, mm. and he says this multiple times, Jesus clarifies many of the things that were taught before and, in, in, um, and makes it clearer for us to understand what God desires of us. So Jesus demonstrates as he comes um, what he wants for us, looking at Jesus' life. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, I need to read this for you. John chapter 10 and verse 10, it says... The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Now, we're going to look at this in the, the, the full life next week. But this word abundantly, abundantly, it is actually, um, it, it is actually a word in the Hebrew that uh, uh, is per Perisos, perisos, and it means beyond the regular number, which is interesting on its own, more than enough or exceptional. Jesus doesn't just come to give us a better eternal life that we'll look at next week, but rather he came to give us a better life here and now that is exceptional, mm. more than enough or beyond the regular number of what? Of years, obviously. Mm. He, he, to have this, he's got to live healthier. You've got to live healthier. And and here, God gives a number of promises in the Bible. In Exodus 15, 26, he, he says that you live the way I tell you to live. You obey and you follow my directions. You will have a better life for I'm the Lord who heals you. Mm. And it's not just for the Israelites. As Jesus comes in Luke 4 and verse 40, uh, he's, he, he comes not just to save them but to heal them. And the word there, um, the word there, in Luke 4.40 is therapeutic. 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's not talking spiritually. That's talking physically. Mm. It's physically. And as he comes in that verse, he says that he lays his hands on every one of them and healed them. Mm. Not just those who want the eternal life. He heals everyone when he's here. Um, there are some towns he goes through where there's not a sick person left. Imagine if he did that today. Mm. Imagine mm. if Jesus came to your town and healed everyone. Mm. I think the hospitals would start complaining. The doctors would go out of <laughs> business, you know, because there'd be nothing for them to do. Mm. You know, in, in Psalms 103 verse 3, it mentions that God forgives all iniquities and heals all diseases, both physical, spiritual. Isaiah 11, 6-9, it shows that in the new earth, it'll be a place of peace and safety. No killing, pain, death, destruction, none of that. Revelation 21, 4, there's going to be no pain, suffering, or death. It's clear that Jesus wants people 
to be whole physically and spiritually. So coming back as I close, coming back to the opening illustration of the man who had the bypass operation but kept on living as he did before without making appropriate changes, it would appear that he could have had more years in life. Now, I have to be honest, this man lived to his early 90s, but he could have lived a lot longer. Those last few years were terrible years in his life. Mm. But it would appear that he could have had more life in his life. Mm. You know what I mean by that? A better quality of life. Quality of life, Mm. yes, had he looked after his body temple better. Clearly, the Bible teaches from beginning of creation to the end of the world and its recreation that a simple diet is what God plans for us. Mm. In the new earth, there'll be no killing, no death, no eating meats. And I understand sometimes it's necessary for certain people at certain times for diseases and dietary issues that they might have. But God gives us principles in the Bible when that's the case. And we shouldn't be judging what someone else is doing, but we know that the best lifestyle God can offer us is a diet that's low in fats and that is um, better overall, more balanced. And that's what we should aim for. How do you treat your body today? And I guess the question is, will you live your life as best as you can by extending your life to be of more use to God, better showing others God's guiding principles of good health and showing others that God desires a healthy body, mind and spirit to best reflect him to others. Mm. That's uh, There's some really good principles, really good uh, thoughts there, David. I thank you for sharing. And, of course, tomorrow's program um, with Libby Herganen, guest program, uh, guest speaker tomorrow, Libby Herganen. She's passionate about health, and she's actually doing this program called Does Health Matter? Again, this wasn't entirely planned, but uh, <laughs> for some reason, this is how it's worked mm. out, and it fits and goes on very well from today's program. Mm. And uh, you're going to be talking about a better life next week, David. Yeah, I'm going to be looking at a better life. Part two. Uh, eternally, part two. Awesome. Spiritually and what it looks like forever. So do tune in next week with David Maxwell and tomorrow with Libby Herganen. Now, if you can't get to one of these events in Tasmania, of course, you might be on the mainland, you will be able to get a little bit of that information um, on our next week's program uh, with Dr. Sue Rad on Connecting the Dots next Friday. So keep tuned for that. But right now, we just want to say have a good day wherever you are. This is All the Time in the World by Matt and Josie Minicus. Stress and fret, have you got an ulcer yet? Worries eating you inside out. Deadlines are need met, not a moment left. Always in a hurry. What's your worry? Why the big hurry? I've got all the time in the world. So why don't you let go? Love what you can't control. It's a constant crazy frenzy But if time's of the essence Then you need my presence So may I ask you a question What's your worry? Why the big hurry?
Control. 